1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's trade podcast that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. But the Bucks and John Horst, he's a trader. This guy likes to get deals done. That's, that's what we know about John Horst. He's made a number of trades uh, since he became the GM in Milwaukee. And we've spent a lot of time talking about PJ Tucker. We did so on yesterday's podcast on the Locker Room app. We spoke about PJ and potential trades that could be made. Uh, Frank, I'm going to let you run through the details here. Specifically, uh, and I know some of the money stuff is still yet to be determined, but the, the main points of the trade from a player point of view the Bucs are going to get uh, PJ Tucker and Rodion's Kuroks, and they are moving out the DJs. Both DJs going to Houston, which Houston, by the way, is starting to become the new Detroit Pistons. They've got a number of former Bucs on their roster now. And also Tory Craig in what uh, appears that it is going to be a purely a money-related deal and uh, and uh, the Bucks will get off that uh, Torrey Craig minimum deal there. And being a minimum deal, the, the Suns didn't have to uh, match the salaries or send a player the Bucs way. So, Frank, there's draft picks also involved there. I don't know where you want to start with this. Uh, initial thoughts, were you shocked that this came through at the time that it did? Were you shocked that DJ Augustine was really the centerpiece for salary purposes in this deal? Uh, take it away. I-, I was
0: definitely surprised that, the trade was constructed as it was i think overall um you know I, and and this isn't i don't think i'm being a homer i, I kevin pelton gave this grade an, an a minus for the from the bucks perspective i listened to um nate and danny on the dunk on pod did a quick reaction pod tonight and they were generally you know favorable favorable reviews from the bucks i think especially nate viewed Adding Tucker is as, as potentially very important for what the Bucks can do, especially defensively. Um, in particular, against a potential Nets matchup, right? You know, Tucker being a guy that, if he still has enough left in the tank, when we saw him, he was the guy defending KD um, about as well as you could hope for for the Rockets these past few years. Um, and so, I, I think overall, uh, if you told me the Bucs were going to add PJ Tucker, not give up any of their you know, let's say, you know, quality playoff caliber rotation pieces and essentially give up what amounts to, you know, trading back, let's call it 10 spots in this year's draft to do that. um, While also getting under the tax and freeing up room to sign some buyout guys, I would have said, wow, uh, I don't, I didn't think they could do all that in in one day. Um, So I, I think Bucks deserve pretty good marks for, for not just sort of the, the net result, which, you know, I guess the end of the day sort of um, accounting of this, you get PJ Tucker, he's making about 8 million. Rodion's Kuroks, as you mentioned, you know, does he actually play for the Bucks? We'll see. Um, but he makes 1.8 million. So essentially, you bring in, call it around 9.8 million in salaries. And this is important for kind of the tax and the cap stuff. So you bring in 9.8 million. And then you're shipping out DJ and DJ, who combined make call it 11.2 million. So you shed about, you know, well, 1.4 million that way. Um, and then you're also shipping out Tory Craig for nothing, right? Tory Craig counts as as 1.6 million against the cap. Um, and the, the the Craig one, I think, is the most interesting and in, in a weird way i mean of course the tucker one's the most important you know getting pj tucker's most important piece but the T- craig one was really interesting to me because you know basically with the way that the tax stuff works is the tax is based on the salaries you have at the end of the year so it's not based on like what you actually paid guys prorating and all that of, of players for their traded now if you sign a guy late in the season of course you know just the part of what you have to pay him is what counts if you have like a non-guaranteed guy that plays for part of the year then you waive them you know the part that you had to pay him does count for for tax purposes but tory craig basically his 1.6 million dollars even if you paid him part of that while he was the bucks all of that goes to phoenix and you don't take anything back so essentially you've netted out but you basically netted three million dollars worth of savings today you've added two guys and you've gotten rid of three guys so you have you know essentially 13 spots now uh on your roster two open ones plus the two-way guys so you have two open roster spots and you've moved to my quick math about 1.2 million under the luxury tax and perhaps more importantly you know what that means if you're a bucks fan thinking about improving this team is now you can actually also go out and you're far enough under the hard cap as well that you can go and sign some buyout guys and you're actually, you can still be under the, under the tax. And again, at least for now, if Drew holiday hits some more unlikely bonuses and the bucks might end up over the tax sort of at the end of the season, but you know, okay, that's, that's a, you know, bucks ownership problem. That's not a a bucks, you know, hoping to win a championship type problem. So, um, so net net, basically, you know, you, you, I think upgrade your, your rotation with PJ Tucker, you're adding that big kind of wing who can give you, um, you know, give you that, that piece to put next to Giannis in a, in a closing small lineup without Brooke. Um, you didn't really give up anybody who was playing rotation minutes, other than DJ. And DJ obviously was the guy that, or DJ Augustine was the guy that obviously was the guy we were probably most worried about defensively in the playoffs. I guess you could say maybe Bobby Portis too, but Portis has been so good offensively that I think you know you're, you're kind of more okay with that. And Tucker also gives you insurance that you know against Portis having issues, right? Because you can play him instead of. Uh, Portis to an extent so you know essentially you're doubling down to me you're doubling down on switching is really what a lot of this is right you're adding a guy who basically made his money being a super switchable kind of hybrid wing big player Uh, and you're getting rid of the guy who's the least switchable rotation player in DJ who I I think you know I think has held up defensively much better than sort of his size would suggest he would but obviously you can't do the types of things that you do a True Holiday when you have DJ Augustine on the floor so um, I think there's an open question here. I would have to think one of those two open spots is going to be used to add a point guard of some sort so you have a little more depth there. Um, we've obviously seen the Bucks survive with no Drew Holiday and just D.J. Augustine at the point. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they eventually do and how many minutes whoever they add can can actually give you. There is still some time to also swing a trade. Um, but overall, you know, I think Bucks – Um, you know, John Orson and and Raphael Stone, I think deserve some credit for the creativity of of how this trade was constructed. Basically, you know, the bucks essentially trade their first round pick is going to, which is going to be a late first round pick this year for an early second, which is Houston second. So it's not, you know, when people say, well, they gave up, you know, a first round pick to do it. It's like, well, they moved back in the draft, basically 10 slots from the late first to the early second is really the way to frame this. Um, which look, would I rather have a first round pick? Yes, of course. I'd rather have a higher pick. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, that's you know it, that's a move back. It's it's not you know trading out the draft entirely. They may still do that. We'll see. They have a good second round pick now, which they could use in another trade. Um, and then certainly getting their own first round pick. This is the really interesting part because they had to get back their own first round pick in 2022 in order to trade this year's pick. Um, so you know, the interesting piece was. Houston happens to have the <laughs> happens to have the Bucks 22 22 second round first round pick so they just basically gave that back to the Bucks and then took back the Bucks 2023 unprotected pick which of course there's always risk in doing an unprotected pick you obviously would hope given Giannis should be on that team and you should, still should have a really good team that that's not going to be um, you know a big difference between 2022 and 2023 but you never know um but you know, basically the, the Rockets kind of played a long game and the Bucs obviously are are trying to to get better for this season without giving up a, a King's Ransom to do it or, or really giving up kind of major rotation pieces to do it this year. So um, I, I think overall, I would say, you know, very solid bit of business for the Bucs. And now the big question is, what does Vijay Tucker have left? Because he didn't look that great playing for a bad Rockets team this year. He's going to be 36 years old soon. But fit-wise, I think he makes a ton of sense for the Bucks, and you just hope that you can give if he can give you kind of a reasonable facsimile of what he gave you in recent years with the Rockets, then I think he's a, a really important ad.
1: Okay, it's time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. I, I don't know what to do anymore, Frank. I, I can't give this award to anyone else other than Giannis. Honestly, the man just had three straight triple-doubles for the first time in franchise history, and then we watched him a takeover in overtime against the Sixers as well. The best thing about this award is that, as we know, with Michelob Ultra, the question they're asking is, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? And the one word that Giannis keeps mentioning about 7,000 times in each post-game press conference is fun. He's having fun. We saw him sit down on the court after hitting the big shot in this game against the Sixers. And after the game, he said, I'm just trying to have fun. What's wrong with having fun? So, Giannis is perfectly embodying what this Mikulob Ultra player of the week is all about. Now, a four time winner. So, he has to be pumped about that. But remember, with Mikulob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. With 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. So, Giannis, once again, the Mikulob Ultra player of the week. And also, I want to talk about BetOnline.ag, our fantastic sponsors of the podcast. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Uh, One day, I might learn about hockey. Who knows? BetOnline.ag has real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, including the MVP race that Giannis continues to force his way into Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <music> Betting on the Milwaukee Bucks doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked-on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials. Wrong team favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. I think the lineup versatility is probably the thing that I like the most about this trade, as you sort of pointed to, because even yesterday when we were discussing potentially acquiring PJ Tucker. I was, and you know this, Frank, we in the DM the other day, me and Eric, I couldn't believe it, but we went back and forth literally for about an hour discussing Pat Connaughton or PJ Tucker, which one would you prefer on this team? And I was leaning in favor of PJ Tucker, but I did understand the fact that you're taking a significant risk because we are all now that he's on the Bucs, you're, you're hoping and the Bucs are certainly hoping that a big part of his struggles this year was just purely motivation. Now, how does that translate to the three point shot where he's shooting 31% from three? Who knows? I mean, if he's a, a sub 30% three point shooter, then that makes him difficult or more difficult to play, despite the fact that you think or you hope that you're going to get that versatile defender that, as you said, can switch, can play alongside Giannis in the front court there. But keeping Pat Conidon, you have different ways that you can go now. We've seen Pat Conidon in the closing lineup, in that small ball lineup basically replacing Brooke Lopez. So you can still go to that. Pat has been playing really, really well this year. And I think that we always try and acknowledge the fact that despite the contract drawing a lot of criticism to start the season, certainly in the, the internet, the fan circles, he's been really, really good. So you keep a valuable role player that has played for you in the post years before. He can still play in that lineup if that's the path you want to go to. You have PJ Tucker now, as we said, they can play with Giannis. And then you also have Brook Lopez which, by the way, in a, in a matchup against Philadelphia like we saw tonight, even without Joel Embiid in the lineup, they're running with Dwight Howard or it might be Tony Bradley. There are certain teams where you're going to want Brook Lopez there, but now I really feel like the Bucks have multiple options they can go to. And to this point, the question mark still is there with Bobby Portis and what he's going to do defensively. And if he's not having an impact on offense, can you really play him in the postseason? So again, I love the fact now that it doesn't feel like it's all or nothing in one lineup and you're relying and you're going into the postseason saying, shit, I hope Bobby Portis can stand up or shit, I hope Pat Connaughton can still shoot a high percentage from three. Now there's multiple options that you look at and you can talk yourself into saying, okay, yeah, I can see how this can work. And then if it ends up that PJ Tucker is the defensive player that we've seen him be, as you pointed to in previous playoff series, then yeah, I mean, that's probably the optimal lineup with Drew, Chris, and Dante as well. And that's a legit... Uh, small ball five post-season lineup where guys have got playoff experience they've been there before and you allow yourself to now have another defensive weapon against a team like Brooklyn who has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden and you can sort of shuffle around the responsibilities a bit there because we think back to the Nets game Drew Holiday was defending Kevin Durant a lot and so was Pat Connaughton down the stretch and we questioned and laughed about why you know you would have Pat Connaughton switching into onto Kevin Durant in that situation. But you do automatically feel a little bit better if that all of a sudden is PJ Tucker, and he's a guy that does have another playoff run in the tank. So I, I, yeah, I really love it. I know there's question marks about the guard position. There's no doubt about that. Maybe it's going to end up being your guy, Austin Rivers, that you brought up as a potential uh, guard, backup guard that could come here. I'm oh, not sure. Oh God!
0: Please, please don't, man. Please don't make Listen. me an, uh, the the Austin Rivers guy. I'm well, I'm regretting that that already. But I I guess it's only fair.
1: Well, listen, I'll tell you this though. It's a, it's a positive because when you brought it up, we were going through the motions of saying, okay, the one guy the Bucks are going to add is Austin Rivers. But now you've got PJ Tucker as well. So it's like the consolation prize. All of a sudden, you're feeling pretty good because I don't think any of us were going into the postseason really feeling uh, overly excited about DJ Augustine in the postseason from what we've seen. Again, I don't think he was as bad as what at some points he was made out to be. I think he was fine. And I actually think he was starting to find his way But you shuffle things around a little bit, and uh, I I like it. I really like it overall. I walk away today or I go to sleep tonight feeling better uh, about the Bucs postseason potential lineups and roster that they have, despite the fact that, you know, there's obviously there's a question mark. We'll see what we get from PJ. Yeah,
0: and again, I think this is just all about, as you were saying, this is all about building lineup versatility. And I think of discussion I had with, with Nate, Duncan on his season outlook um, pod at dunked on uh, for the Bucks, and you know one of the concerns Nate had was, okay, you're you're you know late in a close game and you want to go small. Who who are you playing? All right? okay, we know it's Drew, Chris, Giannis. Who are the other guys? And you know, we've heard sort of different variations of this discussion. Zach Lowe's, you know, I think framed sort of the the value of the Drew Holiday trade. In in those terms as well, in terms of last year, it was like, well, you got Chris and Giannis, and those are the only two guys I feel good about. Um, You know, okay, then you add Drew, and now you can say, well, yeah, in some matchups, Brooke Lopez is fine, right? You know, if you're playing the Sixers, I think you're going to probably want to have Brooke Lopez out there to cart Joel Embiid. But um, if you're playing against teams that are trying to go small, which we've seen repeatedly now, um, PJ Tucker is a great piece to, 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 to slot in there because uh, we've seen Pat Connaughton and, and Dante beat those, those other two guys in, in a lot of these late game situations. But, um, you know, Pat's more of a two, three. And when he's posted up, I mean, look, Pat's a great athlete, but he's a bit light in the shorts. <laughs> like you're going to be able to back him down. If he switched, he doesn't have a ton of strength. Um, to, to really kind of battle guys uh, who who are bigger than him, and PJ Tucker, you know, we, you were swearing earlier, so I'll I'll say earmuffs to, to anyone out there who doesn't like swearing. But to quote Eric, you know exactly what I'm gonna say. To, to quote our friend Eric, um, you know, PJ is a motherfucker. Like he's he's a badass dude, and um, I think I think that, and you know, he's just used to playing and he's used to guarding Kevin Durant in the playoffs. And I think if the Bucks want to go to the NBA Finals. Somebody's going to have to guard Kevin Durant in the playoffs for them this year. If they can, if they, unless they can get the one seed and, you know, avoid having to play both Philly and, and Brooklyn um, or, you know, or, or, or if they only have to play Philly. Um, So, so I think just having a guy like, like PJ, who not only can defend, um, you know, can defend a a Durant type guy, but can defend kind of bigger guys and and be stout in the post and, um, and just give you a different option, a different look. I think that's that's obviously just a, a a change up the Bucks have not had, and you know I had hoped that maybe Torrey Craig could be that guy, and, and who knows, maybe he could have been something like that. Maybe PJ Tucker's washed, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and Torrey Craig is actually a, a better guy to do that than he would have been. I, I don't know. We're gonna have to cross our fingers and hope that that PJ still has something left in the tank. You know, I think I, th- I was thinking back a little bit to what Wes Matthews gave you last year, where you know, going against LeBron or, or Kawhi, you know, Speaking Wes is just a really, yeah. <laughs> Wes is just a really, he was just a really strong dude. And, you know, you just couldn't kind of bully him in the way that those guys can bully a lot of like wing defenders, like a Pat. Um, and, um, you know, I thought that was one of the things that when, when obviously this version of the Bucks, you no longer have Wes. Um, you know, we can debate whether, whether Wes had a whole lot left in the tank anyway, but, um, but, uh, you know, PJ's kind of used to guarding even bigger guys than that. I mean, you know, PJ literally was playing as a center um, in, a, in a lot of these these situations for the, for the Rockets these past couple of years. I don't think you're necessarily going to be playing him as a center, but look, he's going to be playing next to Giannis, and he'll be defending a center sometimes. Giannis will be defending a center sometimes. And most importantly, you know, you can switch him onto a center. You can switch him onto a wing. And, um, you know, again... I'm 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 basing this somewhat on the su- supposition that he's not dramatically lost a step compared to where he was last spring in the playoffs and where he was last year, which you know he's not getting younger, so so that's a risk. Uh, but that you know if you're playing against the Nets, okay, the Nets if the Nets have their three star scores on the on the floor and they're hunting mismatches, you know, okay, if it's Giannis, PJ, Chris true and call it Dante yeah can they try to hunt Dante they can but I feel better about them having to really try to hunt Dante than being able to hunt Dante or Pat and knowing that that they're going to have real big advantages against either of those guys so um so I think anyway I think we're probably kind of reiterating what what you know we what I think the prevailing wisdom is um again this just gives the Bucks more of that flexibility to play bigger um I think the, the it's I think thinking about it as insurance against Bobby Portis is another helpful way to, yeah. to kind of lens to put on this. Um and you know, most importantly, you know, hey, I I I I, I want to see if the NASA's do well. There's something really cool about Giannis being able to, you know, play on the same team as his brother, but uh you know, do, do I wanna see if the NASA's playing regular minutes, regular season or otherwise? Um not really. I don't think it's good. For, <laughs> I I think you're better off if you have different options to throw out there. And if you're telling me that you can throw a hopefully somewhat rejuvenated PJ Tucker out there as your backup floor now, with the option of of playing him as as a small five and you know kind of in four or five units with Giannis as well, I think clearly that that is gonna give you, you know, better lineups to to play with and and is a net positive.
1: Okay, Frank, it's rock auto time. We know rock auto. It's the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. And uh, if you've got anything wrong with the car or you need parts, uh, whatever it is, you can just go to rockauto.com and they've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And I can tell you, the website is super, super easy to use. So if you're not an expert, I'm not. You can go on there, you can search through the catalog. Uh, It's easy, it's user-friendly, so you'll be able to find exactly what you need uh, very quickly there. And the best part is that the prices are the same for me as they would be for a professional as well. So uh, I don't know why you would bother spending up to twice as much for the same parts. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then uh, we know we've been pumping this up because I I get excited. Anytime that there is any type of March Madness bracket, uh, uh, I get very excited about the whole situation. So we know with Built Bar, the March Madness bracket is well and truly in full swing. Today's matchup in the suite of 16, Coconut puff versus peanut butter. Now, this is a difficult one to really pick which direction you want to go. I've said before, I mentioned this on the the show a couple of days ago. I'm a big coconut guy, so to me, I would probably go coconut puff. But peanut butter, I would understand. They're both delicious. I've had them both, so I'm not going to blame you for whichever direction you go. But we know Built Bar is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. But we are trying to find out which Built Bar is the best. So go to builtbar.com or Bar, at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with LOCKED on NBA. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. We have been going for a while here, and this is our second pod of the day, so I want to wrap it up. But I, I do have one last thought that I, I really just want to ask you and see where you stand on this. I mean, you mentioned uh, maybe the, maybe there's been too much bad language in this pod, so I won't repeat it. But that, that very foul word that Eric used uh, to describe PJ Tucker on yesterday's podcast. Another. Yeah, MFA. Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. I, I described him as an arsehole on yesterday's uh, podcast. And uh, it, it has been a long time since the Bucs have had a player like this. And I, I think back to the series against Miami last year. And sure, we all probably just wanted simply Wes Matthews to play a little bit more and defend Jimmy. I mean, that's the easy option there. But PJ Tucker is a guy, even as I was watching tonight's game, just looking at Dwight Howard, just carrying on a little bit and just being just a pest. And, you know, having P.J. Tucker out there, just, it's good. I think this Bucks team, I know it's old school. I know it's not necessarily perhaps something that means as much as what people like me, randoms on the outside, make out. But I think having an arsehole on the team in the playoffs, when things get a little bit difficult and he will knock another guy to the floor... I think it's I think it's important I think most teams that win a title have that type of guy and and also even in in the huddle someone that's going to stand up and he's not necessarily going to be all nice the Bucks are a bunch of nice guys I think it's about time they had a guy like PJ Tucker come in
0: well Ken, I I, I I can I need to direct you to the Bobby Portis dirty foul YouTube highlight reel uh, um
1: yes yes, yes. which but which is a nice maybe guy. a little
0: bit yeah he's such, he's such well, a friendly guy it's a little bit different. I see. I put Bobby kind of in the like Drew Gooden class of um, <laughs> like he's not. Re- I don't. I hesitate to call him a tough guy. Yeah. Um, but he definitely. I mean, we haven't really seen it since he's been in Milwaukee. But he he has had some cheap shots, <laughs> some really hard fouls. I mean, if you're looking for a guy to like, you know, um, in you know, petulantly take a really hard foul that that potentially hurts someone. Um, you know, the is, is kind of the out of control guy. Bobby's (laughs) kind of the, Bobby has a history too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like just a tough dude, um, who is more like a bang, you know, he'll, he'll bang with you and play good defense and then put you on your ass. If, you know, if you, if you try to kind of do anything, I mean, okay. I, I can see PJ fulfilling a bit more of, of, uh, of that, that role. And yeah, he's, he's a guy that's, I mean, he's, he's gone, gone to war in the playoffs with. The Warriors on multiple occasions. Um, you know, I don't think he's he's scared of uh, of having to play against the likes of KD. And um, you know, I think uh, look, I would love it if the Bucks could avoid having to play the Nets in the East. <laughs> um, but that you know, realistically, that that's going to look that 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 looks like it'll be a hard thing to do. And uh, I think you know, you mentioned Miami. I think look, everybody loves having more versatility to, to defend, you know, big wings and, and be able to play small. And I think having a guy like PJ, you know, look, it's an advantage having to play Miami, you know, defending Jimmy, for instance, as you mentioned, certainly an advantage uh, as we mentioned going against the nets. Um, you know, I think Boston certainly as well, just the fact that he's a guy that can play big, um, but also, you know, has isn't a turnstile against kind of quicker guys on the perimeter. Um, you know, pretty much all these, these playoff type of teams, you know, it's just good to have a guy like, like uh, a PJ Tucker around. And again, I'll say it again for, for purpose of caveats, but um, this is all assuming that he's, he's somewhat <laughs> yeah. close to the player he was and, and we'll see, but even if he's, you know, even if he's not, you know, even if he shoots 30% from three or something like that, you know, I think still defensively, um, you know, you can live with that. Um Again, it, it may mean he you don't want to play him as many minutes as uh, as you otherwise might. I mean, he's a guy that has played really big minutes for for the Rockets in in past years, but um, but we'll see. And I think one other, one other just kind of note on this too, just to kind of point out. I mean, Augustine having guaranteed money next year, wiping that off the books is yeah. is a bit interesting, right? And the Bucks are projected to be over the tax pretty much regardless. So it's not like this is cap space that the Bucs can now go spend on, on other dudes. I think most likely, you know, the Bucks are going to be stuck with pretty much just the, the taxpayer mid-level exception to use this summer, no matter what they were going to do today. Um, it does put them in an interesting spot because they'll have Tucker's bird rights and you really hope PJ Tucker still has something left in the tank because, you know, kind of like with Connaughton this off you're going to have a strong incentive to try to bring him back and, and see if you can use him again next year, which again, he's he's not getting younger. Um, but I think that's an interesting kind of piece of this. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we'll see. I think one really small thing, the, the downside of trading back from late first to early second, and again, this is assuming that you actually use the second, which there's a good chance the Bucks trade that pick at some point between now and draft night um so for a first round pick uh you kind of are automatically have that cap hold and so you know in the late first round maybe it's a couple million bucks right uh but you don't have to use a a your mid-level exception to to sign that that uh, that deal um you know early first round early second round picks they, they tend to get more than the minimum on their contracts and so one thing that typically happens is teams are typically paying those guys a little bit more money and they're having to pay out of one of their other exceptions so the mid level or the biannual Well, the bucks don't have the biannual cause they use that this year on Portis. And they're maybe, you know, they most likely only have the taxpayer mid level coming up this summer. So if you had to pay that second rounder out of, you know, more than the minimum, you would have to use part of your uh, taxpayer mid level to do that. So puts them in an interesting position because those early first, second round picks usually want more than, uh, than those minimum contracts. Um, but the bucks may really not be in a position to, to offer any more than the minimum. So that that's, you're getting really deep into the kind of cap minutia. Um, and again, I I think the odds of the bucks actually using that second round pick, keeping it probably not super high. Um, and in fact, I mean, there is absolutely a chance that we see another trade even before, uh, for this deadline that who knows, they might use that second round pick, which given it's Houston's and where Houston has been, that's a pretty attractive second round pick. Um, to to potentially be using, so um, I'm trying to think like you know who who else is left on on the board here? Like what other moves you might see? I think, I mean, does Rodeon Kuruk's have any value? I would say no. Um, but uh, you know, could there be some trade where they ship either that that Houston second plus Kuruk's? I'm trying to think if there's anybody else on the active you know on the on the roster currently that that you might see moved in a trade. Um, I don't think anybody that's sort of in that DJ Wilson or even Augustine sort of camp of we'd be happy to get rid of this guy type players (laughs) because everybody else is kind of useful or is Jordan Wara or Sam Merrill, who I don't think they want to trade at this point. So I don't know if there's any real obvious moves besides potentially do you move Kuruks for some other piece, right? Like is there some, um, for instance, like a point guard, right? Is there some cheap point guard floating around um, that you could use Kuruks plus that second round pick to try to acquire? You know, that that's kind of the obvious question, but um, also just very possible that they, they sit on Kuroks and then they use, uh, use those two open roster spots to, to sign buyout guys and fill out the roster that way. So, um, so yeah, I think kind of a, a fun day to, to kind of see pieces moving around. And um, I think overall, you know, Bucks had to give up something to do that, but uh, they accomplished pretty much all the things that we expected them to want to do.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, also, as you pointed to right at the start of the pod, the financial stuff is interesting because we were looking if the Bucks didn't make any moves that you were waiting until April 7 before they were eligible to sign someone with the room under the hard cap. So I I think all in all, just a a very interesting deal. The way that it panned out was not how I would have expected, but I'm excited. I'm intrigued. PJ Tucker is interesting. He's only played 12 games this season. He might take a little while to get going here. Uh, but as you pointed to, he's played in big games. And one thing that I, I like, just when you look at his pure numbers, he's going to be shooting open threes, 36% across the course of his career, but 42% in the playoffs. So again, uh, like you said, Frank, he's not scared of the moment and won't be uh, concerned about any particular matchup or any particular moment as well. We've seen that with Drew Holiday. I think bringing him in, he's another guy that enjoys playing in the big moments. And I think the more guys that the Bucks have on their roster that are that type of, mentality that have that type of mentality the better they will be so I probably didn't expect to be doing this podcast today I thought PJ Tucker was going to be a guy that was going to go closer to the deadline Uh, but shout out to the Bucks for making this happen this is the type of move you need to make if you're trying to be a contender and trying to win a title so uh, yeah it's exciting if you're a Bucks fan you have got to be feeling pretty good about this Uh, Spurs in a couple days as I said Uh, We'll get another podcast up sometime across the weekend or early next week, but uh, we wanted to knock both of these out. So again, if you're listening to this first and you've missed the post-game pod from the Sixers and you're wondering why we haven't spoken about that at all, that's a separate pod. Uh, So make sure you go and check that one out. But uh, we'll leave it there. Frank's got to go to bed. Uh, But uh, for, for Frank and myself, Kane Pittman, stay safe. We'll speak to you guys soon.